Hello mercenaries, this is Carolyn and you are listening to Merc News. Momentum this week has changed dramatically, the clans have returned in full force. Clan Smoke Jaguar has pushed far into Draconis Combine territory, Curita's forces have been weakened by daily bloodshed, the capital planet Luthien is now under fire as Smoke Jaguar surrounds the planet. There is little the people can do but stand and watch as the clans outnumber Curita defenses. The Rasselhog scene is very similar as Ghost Bear has reached the planet Kempton and have overtaken the capital. The FRR units continue to push against the clans, but Clan Wolf has now joined the fight. As many feared, Clan Wolf returned and attacked Rasselhog planets. Clan Wolf has now retaken Kirkbach by attacking it on a day of festivity. The Phoenix Legion attempted to fend off the invasion, but the wolves were too many. The FRR now faces a two-front invasion. The clans have returned with new technology, the same mechs from before have appeared with new weapons. These new variants took the inner sphere off guard, defending units had no experience fighting against this new technology and tactics. Some have even reported seeing Daishis using jump jet technology. The Free Worlds League has continued their war campaign and conquered many neighboring planets. Steiner military has been forced to decide between defending against the clans or Merrick, causing them to split their units. Even the Traconis Combine has been hit with small attacks from Merrick units who slipped under the radar and have begun an invasion on House Girita. A strange thing happened recently. With the sales of top-of-the-line battle mechs soaring, Older battle mechs have reached record low prices, the Oregus Industries UMR-60 urban mech has been overlooked for centuries, however, some civilians and mercenaries are taking the opportunity to buy the mech while it's available, it's an easily produced chassis with Duralex armor to rival that of a medium class battle mech, these little trash cans actually pack a punch for their size, so mercs if you're looking for a deal, now's the time. Join us next week and keep up to date on all things in the inner sphere and Merc status. My name is Carolyn and this has been Merc News. Merc News is a Beer Warriors production. Check them out at beerwarriors.net. Welcome everyone, my name is Phil and this is number two of the roundtable discussion with unit leaders involved in community warfare and here we go. Hey, hey Phil and everybody, uh, thank you for showing up. Yes, this is the second community warfare roundtable as Phil mentioned and uh, sorry we're a little bit late today. Um, we, a couple of us were scarfing down food and uh, one of the guys that was supposed to be on the show today didn't show up so we were giving him a few minutes to see if he would uh, pop in late but he didn't anyway we're going to get started it's okay <clears throat> just means we have three people which means hopefully we'll be able to get through the discussion topics quicker and uh you know touch on more topics than we did last week um real quick what is this community warfare roundtable uh, basically we're still trying to decide we did one last week we're doing one this week we'll probably do one next week and we're basically trying to find our footing a little bit uh, see if we want to do it weekly if there's enough content enough discussion uh out there you know, to make it viable every week. And as far as the amount of people that we have, guests or whatever, we're also kind of playing with that, seeing if uh, we want to go to two or four is good. Just depends. Last week we went for two hours, easy. We could have gone double that, no problem. Um, so we are trying to keep it to somewhere around two hours. 
So we'll see how that goes. What is the purpose of this? This is the purpose is multi-part, but basically uh, we want to bring together the units and the people that are participating in community warfare, help grow the community uh, and the excitement that's around uh, community warfare. So hopefully also it'll be a recruitment tool to bring more people in. Uh, also, we want to definitely discuss important topics and issues within community warfare um, with hopefully the intent and purpose of improving the experience for everyone. Now, we did get uh, a little feedback from our last uh, roundtable, and people were saying that we were kind of softballing a little bit or that all the answers seemed to be, you know, everybody was happy and so forth. Um, I do want to just do a quick little disclaimer. We Number one, we're not censoring, and we're not also telling people how to answer the questions. So we're doing our best to get a wide assortment of people into these every week. Um, but really, when it comes down to it, it's going to be up to the players, the unit leaders themselves, to determine the flavor or the uh, whatever of the, the, the message that's being uh, given out. So whether we're happy, whether there's things that need to be worked on, um, hopefully we'll get to all that in today's roundtable. So I'm going to really quickly introduce the people that have joined us today. Uh, right off the bat from Aces, we have Shimmering Sword. Uh, Shimmy, if you don't mind, go ahead and give me your name, your unit, your role within the unit, and without going into much detail, your experience with community warfare, warfare so far. I'm uh, Anthony, a Shimmering Sword in the game. I'm from Aces Armored Combat Escalation Service, and uh, I'm a drop lead uh, unit leader. So uh, usually I'm uh, spending my days corralling all our sheep, getting them to shoot things, having fun. Um, and as far as CW goes, uh, it's you know it's what I've been looking for. I've ground out my my million max and all my seabills. I wanted something more to do, so. Fighting over a meaningless map is uh, it's awesome, but uh, can't wait for it to become more. Excellent. You've ground out all your seabills. You don't need any more seabills. That what you're saying? Oh, always more, but <laughs> right on. Diminishing need. Absolutely. Uh, Alexander Wolf, you want to give us your lowdown? Sure. Um, uh, my name's Greg, uh, also known as Alexander Wolf. I've been with uh, Ghost Bear for a couple years. Um, current title in the unit is the community ambassador um just go out and try and uh communicate with different units about what's going on and uh you know so far my experience with uh cw has been uh you know a bit of a, a mixed bag which i think we're is why we're all here tonight it's uh but it's definitely it's good to have something to finally you know see the the changing names every day the good the bad and the ugly there's definitely good but there's also bad and ugly and hopefully we'll get uh those things ironed out as quickly as possible erodian you're up Hey everybody, as you know, I am Lenny, a.k.a. Rodian from uh, Angie TV, and I am part of Clan uh, Ghost Bear International. I am a drop commander for our comp unit, and I pretty much gather up all the comp guys during the night, and uh, we drop to try and uh, further the goals of the glorious Clan Ghost Bear. Excellent. Yeah. Well, welcome uh, Aces and Clan Ghost Bear International. I think it's only appropriate that uh, the clan Ghost Bear representatives have to speak in proper, you know, language. Yeah, that's <laughs> this right. Is, this is role playing, right? No, no contractions. No. Nope. Yeah. Going to hold you to so. it. All right. Well, right. we had some recent uh, community warfare changes. You want to go over those, Phil? Yeah, obviously, you know, I, I want your guys' opinions. We've got uh, the January 20th patch that came out. And one of the things was the ceasefires that was changed. It went from, you know, once 
uh, in a 24-hour period to three times, basically eight every or once every eight hours. Now, what are Hold you guys' on. opinions on? Hold on, actually, just uh, go through these here, the the recent changes, then that'll be the first discussion topic right there. So, just briefly, uh, take us through the, the, these changes here. Wall of text incoming, call of yep. arms notifications. Um, we've got the call to arm notifications now indicate how close pending matches to launching 12v0. Uh, group leaders can now invite any player who's part of the faction. That was a big thing. Uh, it's still not 100%. Uh, there are other things they're going to explore on that. Um, initial re- release faction systems, players must still be able to group um, in the friends list, allowing group leaders to invite players not on their friends list. Uh, will be addressed in a later patch. So that's the big thing. You still have to be a friend right now, and later on you won't have to. You just have to be in the, the faction. And then various other tweaks and bug fixes. All right. Exactly. So back to the original question. Yes. The ceasefire, eight hours. Um, let's let's get your opinions on this. Uh, positive or negative? Things you, uh, you like, don't like? Is it working? Is it not? Is it broken? Does it need changed? Do you even like them? So, as you guys know, X up, and we'll uh, call Shimmy first. What do you think? Um, I think it's a step in the right direction. Uh, maybe a little ham-fisted. Um, it is true. Uh, the the Euro and Aussie guys, you know, essentially all but America, were feeling a bit left out. Uh, they needed... I felt they are still relevant. It was just very hard for them to observe the relevancy. Um, you know, the results of the day were decided while they're sleeping. So now they get to fight over their own little prime time. I'm worried that having three planet turnovers a day is a bit much. Um, you know, on a, we've been Davian for the last month and a half on the kind of Merrick Davian border. It's cool because we've always been kind of back and forth. So it's just kind of an accelerated back and forth battle. But, uh, other units like uh, Smoke Jaguar, who are just pushing through every day, well, now they can push through faster. That's what worries me, is uh, the accelerated pace of the map. Now, you mentioned, uh, Shimmy, that you were going to consider basically trying to participate in two of those ceasefires. Is that still something you're trying to do? Uh, not worked out yet. Uh, essentially, I get on, and it's already the ceasefire section that I was already you know, the NA prime time, and I've ended up just playing more of it. <laughs> I can't really dedicate more time to a second period, at least not yet. Right on, and uh, Alexander? Um, I, I think I'm going to agree with most of uh, what Shimmy said there. Um, from what I've seen so far today, we definitely got some good matches in at the second ceasefire window this afternoon. Um, I know one or two planets on our borders were at 60-plus on both sides, which which is good to see. Um, the one thing I would comment on from, I think it was yesterday evening, we got on and, you know, several times over the last couple of weeks, you know, we'd wait to see what happened during, you know, during the ceasefire and what flipped where, but we'd still get a group together afterwards and start going. And I'm kind of concerned with the way the times are right now, because it's, you know, after 1 a.m. East Coast time to, uh, you know, get going again. And a lot of our members went ahead and, and got off and it was just impossible to find a game yesterday. All right, well, with Clan Ghost Bear being international, and Shimmy, I know we have some uh, non-North American players in Aces. Have you guys heard anything specifically from these people? Are they happy with it? Are you, or is there more participation? Or do your, <clears throat> do your units have... Pardon me. Do your units have uh, more people on during those times participating? Anyone? 
Um, I, I think I've seen some more of our Euro guys uh, being a bit more participatory now. I mean, it's it's hard to say with only two days of it being so far, um, but it, it seems like the like the overall um, communication is is a bit better, and that people are, are willing now that they feel like they actually have a stake in it. Um, the one thing I would say is I, I don't know what the player base is like for Oceanic and if we really need that third time window, but that's, that's completely, you know, other questions. Shimmy. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling I have not checked yet, but I don't think we've ever run a non North American prime time, uh, CW group, except for once when I started it by playing in the middle of the night. Uh, I think Aces has an initiative problem. Uh, CW drops usually don't start until myself or Turcon get on our main CW drop leads. So I just need to, you know, poke at our Euro guys because I will sign on clients some nights just to look at something and I'll see more than 12 aces online. They're just not playing CW. So we'll work on it. No doubt about it. Now, um, now I have a question for you guys. You know, in regards to the ceasefire, you know, Alexander, your base is saying is, do we need um, three? That third one, the Oceanic. Um, obviously, the more the merrier is fine. Um, as far as if there are people online, it does suck to know that, you know, you, all of your efforts and you're not going to be rewarded and stuff. So I don't mind the three per se, but um, do you guys have any other alternatives? That's what that I was going like to ask. You know, yeah. is there any, you know, are where you, do we go from here? Happy, yeah, if you're not happy with the system, you know, do you say, oh, well, we give it another two, three weeks or four weeks? I mean, um, it has, yeah, it has only been two days and I do think we need more science, but, uh, with, with criticism, we should offer some, uh, some ideas. So Shimmy, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I like the idea of three, uh, separated, you know, uh, battle times. Uh, I've said it a lot to you guys probably heard is, um, Instead of having a planet changeover after every ceasefire, have every ceasefire count as a ticket towards a 24-hour cycle. Uh, and three cycles is good because then you get a kind of best-of-three system going. Uh, if one group gets two wins throughout the day on a planet and the other group gets one, you know, the group that gets two takes that planet for the day. Uh, so each time zone can lock in a solid win that counts equally you know, regardless of how many players they put up. But at the same time, you can't have, you know, population imbalances, you know, messing with the map. So you're saying keep three ceasefires, but tally the totals for one planet change per day? Yes. All right. Interesting. Alexander? Um, I, I like that idea. The only other thing that I could think of would be uh, to go down to two 12-hour windows. Um, I, I just don't know. I mean, without having raw data as far as the oceanic numbers, but it just seems like there aren't... Uh, I don't think the, the player base, at least as far as, as I've seen, really demands a separate oceanic time zone. Um, if again, I may, if yeah. I may cut in, because this will maybe skew your, your response, uh, it's extremely comparable, the population's. Oh, well, if that's the case, then I, I just, I mean, again, that's the time when I usually sleep, so I don't really know. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if that's the case, if there's a population demand for it, then I say, it, you know, that would be fine how it is. I do like a ticket system in place, though, because that way you wouldn't get constant, you know, flipping planets every eight hours, which I think is, is a bit much at this point. Erodian, your thoughts? 
I have to agree with the other two guys in this. I, I don't like three drops. Maybe that was just Alex, but I don't like three per day. I think if you have a faction imbalance, when like if Liao suddenly gets even better with the uh, the money income, people will start flocking there, and then suddenly they have sixty hundreds of people, and they start getting a planet every single day, three planets every single day. And that's just going to shift the uh, the momentum, which will probably be a good thing in Liao's case, unless it goes to another faction, which can handle the loss of planets. Like with with the the clans, when you start off, we had I think Ghost Bear had three, two or three down in FRR with something like another three over by Clan Wolf. You lose those three first three if FRR has a lot of people. Suddenly you're stuck with fighting. Uh, Clan Wolf for the rest of the uh, CW. So, I mean, dropping to two would probably be best in my eyes, but All right, well, we haven't had a lot of time for it. Would any of you disagree that this was a positive move from one to eight? Um, it, was it a positive move or was it a was it a negative move? Was it did it make it worse? In other words, I'm not saying is it perfect. Um, we, we've had some suggestions and ideas here, but was it a move in the right direction? Anybody that doesn't think it was? All right. Well, we can come back to ceasefire if the topic comes up again, but we're going to move on to the next discussion topic, which is queue times. And queue times have been affected by a couple of the recent updates, the, the January 20th patch, first being uh, call to arms. And so my question is, in regards to call to arms, are you guys seeing results? Um, let's see, specifically... The, the changes are uh, call to arms notifications are now only issued when an opposing team cannot be located within 20 seconds. Uh, in other words, there's a team sitting there waiting and nobody is responding. And then call to arms notifications will now indicate how close uh, the pending match is to launching as a 12v0. So is it affecting uh, the Hold gameplay? Be- before we yep. go there, I do want to make a point of uh, you know going over solo players and their experiences. And I, I think it just needs to be mentioned, the whole... Um, call the call the arms notifications and how important that is because uh, Shimmy, I was talking to you last night about this, and you're basically saying we're hitting more groups of twelve that are made out of pugs, but we're also getting um, solo players as well in our matches. And so I just want to make a note that was a pretty big change that the call to arms is now working as intended, even though it's a double edged sword because you want more, you need solo players. But also, you may be hitting a lot more solo players, so it's not as much of a, a competition, I guess, you know, when you drop and it may be a rollover and steamrolls. But it's also helping coordinate the solo players, which we know there's there's a ton of them out there. So again, it's just one of those tools where, you know, I know solo players want something to do. They want something more in-depth. Uh, at least this no longer has them stalling and waiting forever. At least it, it it's working as intended. And uh, maybe what stuff that Russ was talking about, you know, where, um, you know, getting them involved with like other PV type elements, uh, you know, for community warfare would help out and stuff like that. All right. So call to arms results. Are you guys seeing any uh, Alexander? I, I mean, I've seen it pop up a couple times today. Again, it's it's hard to really comment on systems like this that have been only in place a couple days. Um, I do know that my average wait times the last few days have not really gone down, regardless of, of call to arms. Um, I think the couple matches I was doing earlier before the midday ceasefire window went away was still 15, 20 minutes to try and, and get a fight in. 
Um, I think part of that was, uh, you know, we didn't have many guys dropping, so still getting all those solo guys in there. But uh, as far as I've seen, the, the call to arms was not particularly improving that wait time. Shimmy. Um, I think it's been positive. Uh, Aces was already, you know, if we look at the queues, we we were either going for objectives that we know we had to turret drop and didn't really expect an opponent to show up. Um, certain factions have reputations for showing up within a certain amount of drops, so we expect a battle eventually. But either we went in uh, not caring if we got a fight and it was just pushing an objective, or we went where we knew there was a fight, and in that case we would avoid flooded queues to avoid you know, even longer wait times than a turret drop would be. Uh, with the call to arms now, uh, we can drop on a completely empty planet, and rather than turret drop it two or three times waiting for uh, essentially an enemy 12-man would have to take the initiative to fight us back now, Usually in about six to eight minutes of countdown time, it'll be filled with pugs and partials. So yesterday, uh, I didn't have any turret drops, I don't think, and I believe our second company had one. Uh, like I was saying, it's double-edged sword. Uh, now we get more fights, and the solo players are directed towards the fights. But uh, now, you know, instead of fighting an enemy 12-man that stands a chance uh, by taking the initiative... It's a lot more partial teams and solo teams, which uh, we have to, you know, make sure to not stomp too hard because it's really no contest when it's 12 versus 12 solos. Gotcha. Yes, it's, it's been very good. I think it's it's successful in what it's intended to do. All right. So Shimmy's seeing some results. Alex, not so much. Uh, Erodian, you? Uh now my my uh experiences are limited because I'm up north with the clanners but so we don't really fight amongst each other so the inner sphere will usually get a good amount of people so we I constantly see that so and so must needs defenders and I I like it because as as a comp unit we can see it just pops up oh great Schuler needs defenders let's go guys and we'll have 8 to 12 drop on that planet, and then hopefully some other randoms will see that, they'll join up, and we'll have ourselves a fantastic game. But uh, I have to disagree with Shimmy on 12v randoms, however. I dropped with a 4-man, and we dropped against a 12-man, and we completely mopped the floor with that 12-man, so I honestly think that it's a little more skill-based as far as the 12s go, because just because you have 12 of you, even if you're on comms, does not a auto-win make. Do you think that's because of complacency? And then obviously just because they're solo or small groups, that doesn't mean they're bad players, right? Mm -hmm. So you do it And vice versa, 12-man doesn't mean they're good players. It could just be a, you know... Precisely. Yeah. I mean, I think think you're right, Phil. It might have been a complacency thing with them. But, you know, they had plenty of time to notice that there's at least one group of competent people on the other team. So I don't know what you do with that. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next topic of uh, Q times, which is faction grouping. Has this, uh, have you seen any changes from this? Has this helped? Um, you know, has it changed the, the less than 12-man group Q? Uh, is it affecting overall Q times? Have you guys, uh, you know, dropped yourselves with other people within your faction, not your unit? 
Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, first up is Shimmy. Yeah, I think um, it's it's definitely a help. It might might not be a major thing, just another small feature that was necessary. Uh, previously, you'd have to go find another friendly Merc unit and say, hey, we're dropping here. Would you drop here? Uh, it worked well if it was an empty queue, but if you wanted to combine in a you know on a hot planet, that was kind of you know rolling the dice on if you're going to sync up. Now you can make sure you sync up with the people you want. Um, it's not a perfect feature yet, like you say. There's more options coming with it, but I like it. Uh, but otherwise, it's it's not majorly significant. Uh, maybe it it is for the smaller teams, but. Uh, Aces, it's usually been, well, we've got 10, let's get two more kind of situation. Yeah, as we mentioned last week, everybody or a lot of people have completely different perspectives, whether you're running solo, small groups, 12-mans, uh, whether you're inner sphere or uh, clans, what, what, what faction you are within that, um, and different habits, team speak, whatever. So everybody can have totally different perspectives, and I hope that's what we can achieve by uh, talking to various people is get different perspectives. But anyway, uh, Rodian, what is your, what are you seeing with faction grouping? Has it changed anything? Uh, I've done quite a few faction groups with uh, ghost bears when my unit isn't around and it's, it's, it's enlightening to say the least. It, it's really fun to drop with somebody that you, you've never seen before. You've never dropped with them. You don't even know them. And to, to work with one another on a team speak and to get the job done, it's it's very cool, and I'm extremely happy that they brought that in. It has changed the game as far as I, you know, feel. It's it's a it's a good plus one. Plus Would one do game again. changer. Yeah. Uh, one thing that does keep <laughs> getting brought up is you know in running solo or small groups is how effective and helpful uh, in-game voice would be as people are mentioning in chat that is coming in february so we'll have uh, in-game hopefully i think it's gonna be ts3 um anyway so that should be a big change or two that we'll discuss on a uh, coming round table but anyway um alexander what are, you, what are your thoughts on faction grouping uh i mean i i think i'd agree with arrow that it's been nice to be able to group with some other people i think uh if anything it's it's a step in the right direction but we we need another step and i think that's um why not if all clans can defend clan planets from intersphere attacks and all intersphere players can defend intersphere planets against clan attacks then why not have a group option for those people as well if they just want to do those defense type matches Interfaction uh, they, grouping. Yeah, interfaction grouping. Because I mean, uh, very often being a being a clan player, you know, I'll run up, you know, I'll be fighting in the FRR, and I'll see Steiner units, and I'll see you know, Drac units, and I'll see you know, Leal units. But they, you know, it's all mixed. Why can't they all just you know get grouped together if that's what they want to do? All right, that sounds good. Um, I'm going to try and move through queue times a little quicker here. We there there are some other topics. So if any of you have anything to say about. Uh, just overall planetary queue information, uh, the info that we're getting now, what more information you'd like to see, um, the 10-minute countdown, and, and just the, the overall queue time. Um, player and faction population, how that impacts the queue time, as well as uh, solo and small groups versus 12-man groups. Do any of you have anything to say on queue times with those, uh, with those topics? If not, okay, Rodian, what do you have to say? Um, I've seen time and time again with this new system they just put in, we will sit in a queue during the 10 minute countdown 
waiting for either that auto win or to get another uh, group to come in. And and it, you will, we'll go until two minutes till, and all the while we're wondering, how has the map changed? Did anybody look at the uh, time until ceasefire and that sort of thing? So I think adding something, adding the ceasefire, the timer in the lobby would be a great, uh, great addition that would, would really help because now that I think about it, even when I drop solo and the, uh, the ceasefire is coming in and I, I don't look at it. And so I'm sitting in the lobby waiting for those last three people and they never come in. And so I end up getting annoyed and, and leave to only find out, oh, I've been sitting in ceasefire for 10 minutes. It'd be nice to know that, oh, wait, you're in ceasefire. You might as well just, you know, leave your queue if you don't have all your people. Gotcha. So, so that would be a great, yeah, that would be great. And then just the planet win loss, have that be auto updated if it's possible, because it's kind of weird when you finally do get a game. It says counter attack, and you're attacking your own spot, and you're like, what? Yeah. So. Okay. Cool, uh, Alex. Um, I, I actually have a point that uh, Shimmy brought up earlier, in which he said, you know, we got to be careful about how bad we stop those those small and and uh, solo groups. For the uh, versus a full twelve man, and I think right now with the you know the wait times are getting better, but they're still you know it's still taking ten minutes, maybe fifteen to get into a match, and so you know somebody's spending ten fifteen minutes, they're getting into a match, and then they're getting stopped by a twelve man. And right now, I don't think the for the losing side that the you know there's really enough either in the LP system or even just the end of match rewards to keep those smaller groups and those solo players coming back to CW on a frequent basis. I think that's something that the sooner that gets addressed and there, because the bottom line is if you're going to get stomped and it takes you an hour or you could have done, you know, five solo drops in normal queue at that time and made significantly more money, the players that, especially the players that are playing this as a free to play game are going to stick with the standard queue. Yeah, I hear you. This this kind of touches on the whole topic and issue of, you know, is community warfare really geared towards the 12 mans or, you know, how how welcoming it should it be to to solo players and small groups and um obviously well, controversial there, topic, but yeah. There's a ton to it. I mean, you've got multiple levels of skill out there. Uh let's just look at 12 mans. I mean, you have multiple levels of 12 mans out there. Right, you have some units that are apparently down south that don't fight the clans or whatnot. They're fighting other units. You have other units up top, north, in the middle. You you have very so many wide variety. And then on, on in the in the middle of it, you have solo and small groups. You know, like what is the solution there? Like you need the solo players to supplement the varying group size. You need them. It, it's a must. It, without it, the the matchmaker doesn't work. Unless you were to basically say you have to have twelve mans. Well, if you do, you just have to have 12 bands, you're going to lose your, you know, a lot of people because they don't want to join a unit, they don't have time, whatnot. But is that the way to go? Is that better for overall gameplay? Or, and then how do you flip it the other way? How do you incentivize 12 people to drop solo or small groups and know that, you know, from a skill and perspective, they're going to run into a 12 man and get raffle stomped. How do you basically tell them, oh, it's okay, guys, don't worry. Do you incentivize it C-Bills? I don't think it's worth it for me. Like, as a player, if I'm dropping solo and I run into just nonstop decked out 12-mans all the time and I keep getting stomped, now someone could say, well, you need to join a unit. Look, some people don't have the time. But is that an argument 
to say, well, you just have to suck it up, Buttercup, sort of thing. You know, take it it's a damn. Salt, it's a damned know? if you do, damned if you don't. Yes, I mean, there's going to be people on both sides of that argument. There will people be people that absolutely say, uh, well, if you don't have time to do you know, community warfare, then you shouldn't be doing community warfare. I mean, it's, you know, and, and I'm not saying that that's my perspective, whether or not it is. Um, but anyway, um, Q times, Shimmy, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I wanted to first agree with Rodian. Um, it would be great to have all the info overlays that we have while looking at the map to still be visible while we queue, um, knowing when ceasefire comes. Uh, if you're in a you know, a coordinated command structure, like uh, where with Davian, you could at least go to command and say, hey guys, are we ceasefire? Should we pull out, etc." cetera. Um, but it's also nice to see, well, how many people are queued while we're waiting in the queue here? Are we, you know, sitting at the end of a hundred people waiting in line? Um, another thing that would be cool to add is like a, a graph, a progress graph of like the last cease, of the last uh, eight hour cycle, you know, how has this planet gone up and down? How hot has it been? You know, to more even info. better judge. Yeah, more info. Yep. More info is always good. And uh, I guess on the subject of, you know, where it tangented off into mm -hmm. the, the solos versus 12s. Yeah, some, some uh, yesterday we're fighting on a planet and I knew I had two companies on it. And it, there's maybe a third company that was also a 12 man we knew of. And we're fighting all these partials nonstop and we're, you know, every chat we'd say, game we'd say, hey guys, I know it's it's just aces here. Um, if you're not liking getting rolled, you may consider going to another border. You know, we're trying to, we know they want to play the game. We don't want to tell them to not play the game, but we're tr we are trying to keep it enjoyable for them because we go in, we know we're going to win. Um, we, we try to give fights to the people that you know, stay honorable about it. You know, if people trash talk us in the chat all game, we're going to make sure they have a bad time. <laughs> yeah, that's about it, I think. All right. We did have uh, another Aces member join us. Catra uh, Kell. Brandon, welcome. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, real quick, your name and your unit and your position within the unit. Second here, just getting my mic set up properly again. Uh, Brandon, also known as Patrick Hell, um, Armored Combat es es Escalation Services, also known as Aces, and CEO and Leader. Right on. Okay, well, we're we're just moving through the uh, discussion topics. Brandon, chime in X up below if there's uh, something you have to say. Erodian, I'm going to uh, move on to the next discussion discussion topic. Sorry if you were wanting to talk about Q times, but I do want to get through the list. The next one is actually something we are just touching on, which is rewards. Um, and this can be match rewards or planetary ownership rewards, loyalty points, any of those things, if you guys have something to say about that. Um, you know, and, and something we did mention last time is, and we mentioned already this time as well, the comparison of, um, you know, the, the in-match rewards, C-bill uh, bonuses, earnings, etc., from doing regular solo queue and, and group queue compared to doing community warfare. And what we asked last time is community warfare really about um, being an even comparison is it about making the c bills or is it about something totally different or does it not matter you should be able to make a good amount no matter what you're doing uh if anybody has something to say about rewards go ahead and x up well you know going back to what we were talking about last week which is should solo players be able to make a living you know make as much 
sea bills as they do in the solo queue. Um, you know, part of me says, no, you know, that's that's the whole point of solo and group queue. But then the other side of me says, well, dude, community warfare is 24-7. If you want these people to, to participate, you need to incentivize it, especially because there is no all it is right now is C build and loyalty point. There's nothing beyond that. And I, I do believe that we're supposed to find out more a little bit about that in the next month. Loyalty points is going to be expanded on and stuff like that. But it still goes back to, is there enough incentive to, especially with how brutal solo play is to keep them around? I mean, I've, I've talked to a lot of people again, going um, back to sort of the, the last topic. And this one is a lot of solo players are just not going back to community warfare because it's just not fun. And, you know, fun is defined in a, you know, wide variety Differently of for uh, different people, yeah. you know, opinions. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, fun usually results from success. Like, you don't always have to win, but to be successful, you know, especially in a game, is winning every once in a while, winning sometimes, or at least feeling like you had a good time, right? And I still think that when it comes to rewards, either if the current environment is not fun for solo players, then I'm not going to play. I'm going to, I'm going to go play uh, solo queue where it's a, you know, where I don't have to worry about 12 storm crows or 12, uh, you know, thunderbolts and stuff like that. Now, some people out there like it as a challenge. And again, they, it's a different opinion of what's fun and stuff like that, but just a C bill or loyalty point buff isn't incentive for me to just get my ass kicked all the time. So, you know, like I said, I think it has to be more than that. There has to be something for solo players um, that's different than if you're grouped up. I don't know what that, that is, and I don't think it should just be C-Bill or, or LP or something. It has, to, it has to be something. Yeah, and the other thing is, like, okay, first of all, does increasing the C-Bill payout of the uh, community warfare matches, is there any downside to that? Is there any harm in it? Um, one thing I'm concerned about is I know some people's it's either individuals or units that are very effective with community warfare they know how to drop they know how to get matches quickly they're not doing a lot of uh you know downtime and waiting in queues and they're winning uh 75 or more of the time and they're making bank i mean they're making a lot of money uh c bills and so the question is if you're increasing c bill payouts you know or is is that going to get way out of whack for some people or are some people going to be like scrooge mcduck rolling in it you know so uh let's go back to your responses on rewards shimmy what are your thoughts yeah i think um i mean i have a feeling pgi's intent already is to try and balance seabill income uh between all game modes at least that's historically what they've done and i think that would be fair if they could somehow balance cw to pay roughly the same uh, but, you know, we have now long matches, four spawns, you've got, you know, four times the ability to farm extra hard, four times the ability to have a terrible game. Um, because of queue times and match length, I think it would be pretty safe to, as was discussed before, uh, increase the flat rate match payout just for participating. Um, giving a good, you know, even 100, 200 KC bills just for being there, even if it meant nerfing, uh, you know, actual, uh, you know, performance rewards would really help the solos out. Um, but ultimately, there's just so many options with how PGI can reward play that I really can't say any one way, you know, this is how it should be done. You know, uh, there are a lot of great ways it could be done, but I just don't know. Erodian. 
Yeah, I think the rewards are pretty, uh, mind my French, pretty shit. Um, so great. You increase them? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's great when you're now, like, I think I'm at rank 14 in loyalty, and you're getting 7, 8, 10 million when you get a rank up. That's great. That's totally fine. That's but when you just get rank one, and I think it was only like five hundred or fifty thousand seedles, which granted it's not hard to get. It's still I think there needs to be an increase. Uh, throw some more, maybe some more mech bays in there. Give people more incentive to wanting to both stick with a faction, and as well as increasing the uh, the negatives for fighting uh, opponent factions like you lose in loyalty points when you fight and kill other factions so increase that to make people want to stick with their uh, chosen faction maybe limit it when it comes to mercs because we know they're going to be jumping around alright I don't sense. know I think uh, I Phil wants to, to that, comment but though, yeah. aren't, aren't you just, yeah, aren't you just padding the successful units already I mean that, that, that that's the thing that Darren was just saying is you guys aren't hurting for C-bills. You guys got C-bills rolling around and people make a ton of money because all you're doing is you're, you're raffle stomping units 24-7 and all you're doing is you're padding the top percent and okay, yeah, they may be making more, but again, you're just rewarding basically people who, you know what I'm saying? Rewarding successful people, but is that wrong? Is that right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, that, the, reward, the main... can you? If I drop solo, how can I control the success of a match most of the time? You can't, uh, and that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. And that might take rewarding us back to. It. Go ahead. You're in, you're square one. You're basically exactly where you are right now, except the people at the top are getting richer and richer and richer. So how do we normalize the experience or the disparity between oh, somebody r- dropping solo? Rebuttal to my rebuttal. Okay, that's fine. Uh, and and don't worry, we'll get to you, Alexander. But how do you how do you minimize the disparity between somebody dropping solo in community warfare and a trained, practicing on a regular basis, twelve man in community warfare? Should the experience be close? Should it be similar, or or should it not? But anyway, uh, Rodian, what's your rebuttal? Phil, I've I've been dropping on my own alt accounts, and it has a total of one mech. And it is very rough as a quote-unquote new person to join into CW. It is just terrible. And I, and I already think it's terrible just in normal drops. It's terrible to be a new person. But CW is like at a whole new level of pain as far as a new player is concerned. So it's not to increase the rewards so that you or I or anybody in this room who we all know has lots of money, except for maybe Alex because he's poor, uh, that's not the point. The point is helping the folks out there who maybe don't play as much as we do. They need the money more than we do. It's not going to change how we do things when the rewards as far as C-bills get increased. The only- We're more concerned about maybe GXP or MCEs or anything that we can do to save us real money when other people just want the C-bills so they can get that cool 3-mech and master it sort of thing. Well, and I totally agree, but... I agree with exactly what you just said. Solos or smaller groups, and we, we mentioned this last week, which we said a multiplier for group size. If you're dropping solo, you get a, a X multiplier, and obviously the bigger the group size, you get less rewards for that. Now, someone just mentioned in chat, if pilots at the top have put in their dues and blah, 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 they don't need, you're not getting penalized. The reality of it is, is you do have an economy in the game, 
And if the economy and community warfare just basically says, oh, hey, the groups that are basically getting wins 24-7, you guys are going to get even more money. And it, it's, it doesn't really solve the issue, which is we're talking about income disparity. The, the solo players or smaller groups will not make as much because they're they're losing. And obviously one of the, the solutions can also be PVE elements for 4v4 matches like Russ talked about in the town hall and stuff like that. And there's also kind of the question in the back of my mind, is community warfare something that was meant to be part of the new player experience? So maybe, maybe not. Um, but Alex, we're not going to forget you. you. Do you have any uh, ideas or thoughts on rewards? <laughs> I mean, I, this is one of those topics where everyone has a different suggestion until we get, you know, something even remotely in place. Because we all... Everyone here knows that there's a problem at the moment. We just don't know what the best way to fix it is. I, you know, I've heard ideas of even in chat just now. Somebody said, you know, like a CW cadet reward bonus for showing up your first several matches. You know, padding the lower end so that you lose, even if you lose a match terribly, you're still making instead of the paltry two hundred thousand C bills, you're making something like three or four hundred thousand. I, I don't know if there's any right solution to this because we can all just guess at it but i think the sooner we get something in place uh to make those solo players not feel like man i just because the the bottom line is if people feel like i just played cw and wasted an hour of my time they're not going to come back to it but if at the end of that hour they're like ah man we got stopped but at least i got you know a lot closer to buying that next fire starter the next thing always put something tangible in front of them that they can be like oh man that you know i may have just got wiped completely, but I still made 500,000 C-bills. I still did better than I would have done in solo queue for playing for that hour. Interesting. You know, well, anyway, I'm not going to give my personal uh, opinion on that. Uh, Shimmy, you had a thought? Yeah, I just think uh, maybe I didn't say it as clearly before, or but I would just reiterate, you know, if you nerfed the performance rewards and just flat rated everyone, hey, you could even pay everybody conquest style you know the amount of time spent in match is paid to you as well uh you could even go outside and reward for the map say if you're in a match and during the time you're playing your faction is either successfully running up or successfully running down a planet you know even if you lose you acted as a delay action uh you know Pay, pay players for being around during general success of the faction. Uh, if you remove, you know, lower the pay for performance and kind of pay everyone for general participation, the, you know, the winning teams will still make more, but uh, it doesn't leave the, the losers out in the cold. Phil, your think, closing thoughts on uh, rewards. Well, I, I think one of the toughest thing here is, just like you said, Shimmy, a lot of this isn't in yet, though. I mean, a lot of this depends on what's happening next month, right? Uh, we've got VoIP that's not in, Command Will that's not in. Two pretty big tools that'll help during matches for either solo group or community warfare, right? I mean, we've got the fact of right now there's really no incentive for taking planets and stuff like that. There's nothing just LP. That's going to be expanded upon next month, right? But it has to be tangible things. Uh, you have the issue of basically solo experience right now is is horrible, you drop in the majority. I, I would, it would be interesting seeing that the win loss percent if you're dropping solo. I, I would say it's probably pretty pretty rough 
let's just put it that point. I mean, statistics would probably, that's one thing we could probably ask, but also that even when you move up, you know, 12 v 12 or bigger group sizes, you do have a wide variety of skill. And of course, again, we go back to that win and a loss being successful and enjoying the game. There's just so many things right now um, that aren't in that really will make community warfare even better and make it so people are enjoying themselves, which in my opinion is the biggest thing. I mean, but is solo players supposed to be in community warfare? That question keeps getting brought up. Should community warfare just be groups and groups only? Um, and then on top of that, like you've, you've got the fact of solo players. Are they, I almost want to say, I think they're needed. Like, I don't think you can take solo players out of the queue um, and make community warfare work. Cause we've had 12 men's before we had a 12 man queue and no one, no one played it. Only the top tier comp teams played it. Cause why? Cause they're that damn good. Anytime you drop against them, uh, most teams, I'm not saying all, so there are units that like the challenge and stuff, but the majority of people that were dropping against them never wanted to play it again because basically they just got uh raffle stump. So I think the the goal, and this is something that I think Paul really needs to address in Russ, is where do we see solo players, right? If the, if the next six months, year is just basically how the current situation is, solo players are just like, hey, sorry guys, I wouldn't want to play. And I feel like solo players are a large population that needs to be tapped into. And if you can get that, awesome. But if not, I think you're just going to see less and less players dropping solo in community warfare. Yeah, I think it's definitely got to be decisive. I mean, I, I said earlier, I wasn't going to give my personal opinion, but I guess I like to talk and I'm going to, um, <laughs> I'll just be honest. Um, Liar. personally for me, community warfare is all about the 12 men and it's all about groups and it's all about units. And, um, you know, I have nothing against people playing solo. I do it and, and I think it's great and there's all kinds of opportunity for it. Um, but, I just feel things like community warfare, that's what it's about. It's about unit play. It's about, um, you know, communication and, and tactics and strategy and, and working together as a group. And that's the payoff. You play you, you, you play the group queue and the solo queue. You earn a bunch of money, get your max and so forth. You make friends, you get into a unit, and that's the payoff. That's like, to me, this is the end game content. And for me, again, because that's my opinion and I don't see it, community warfare as something that I use to grind – I don't even care about my C-bills. When I get out of a match, C-bills are the last thing on my mind. What makes this fun for me, and you're talking about success, making it fun for people. What makes it fun for me is sitting in a group of with 12 people and just that experience. Everybody being working together and, and winning. And, you know, it's it's that. Now, of course, again, I yes, this is 100% me. I'm not saying that everybody needs to think the same way I do or anything like that. Um, but that's just kind of where I'm coming from. And, and maybe some people think... I'm an asshole for saying that. I'm not saying, you know, fuck the, the solo players in the small groups in any way whatsoever. They're a huge part of the population of this game. And I definitely think that they need to be addressed and their their experience needs is as important as anybody else's. Just as important as the, the top 12 man or the top uh, comp team or whatever. Um, but I just think, it, I feel a lot of times with Community Warfare, we're trying to, you know, fit the circle into the square or whatever and, and the, the peg or whatever. It just 
you know, the new player experience for community warfare. To me, I just don't know how this stuff is going to get worked out. Um, but, but like I said, I think we need to, it needs to be decided one way or the other. And then a hundred percent of that effort needs to go into making it work for whatever, uh, we're talking about. But anyway, we are going to kind of skip over planetary ownership rewards and loyalty points. Um, there will be more information or more things coming up with loyalty points, like uh, Phil said, next month. So I'm sure that these are things that we'll get back into discussing, but we're going to move on to the next discussion topic. Phil, you want to take us into that? Yeah, ghost drops and turret drops. Uh, how's your guys' experience been since the change? I know it's been two days, but I think it's been... Uh, I know statistically we saw what it's down to like 8%. 8 compared to like 12 or 14 or 16, something like that. I think uh, someone posted. What is your guys' experience so far? Um, Herodian? I don't like, I don't like ghost drops at all. I mean, yay, you gotta, you gotta win on your planet, but they're just, it just, it doesn't feel right. I mean, you just run in here, you blow up the gates. If you don't have jump jetters, if you have jump jetters, you just jump over the gate, destroy the gun. Just say, fuck it. Just why even bother? Just, just keep the game and let us go play an actual real match see now there's the conundrum because you you need these things because having having no system at all leaves god knows how many people just sitting there with their thumb up their butts going well sure would be nice if the enemy would play and then it ends up being the best way to play cw is to not play at all and and that obviously isn't a solution so either you need to at the very least throw in some sort of AI tanks whatever it'll end up being to give some quote unquote fun to the fact that no one is there or or reduce it like let's say you're at least 75% wins on a world no more ghost drops sorry and if you're and it would go the same way if you're defending and you have uh, 25% or less no more ghost drops for that as well you know so you, that way you don't see, you hopefully don't see planet flips just because of ghost drops, which is what a lot of people are angry at and complain about is the fact that you lose planets sometimes because you, the other faction just had more people than you. What about you, Shimmy? Um, yeah, as far as encountering them, uh, almost at least gone uh, in our experience the last two days. Uh, our old play was okay, we attack Liao, and maybe within two or three turret drops, they show up to fight. Uh, yesterday and the day before, it was they show up within six to eight minutes of queuing uh, for every fight. So, one, we haven't encountered as many turret drops anymore. Uh, two, as I think they are necessary, and as far as wait ten minutes and go into your drop, I think that is okay as it is. Uh, Definitely, the problem then is people feel like they need to make more money for being that dedicated to wait in line to fight nobody. Um, so eventually that would be AI targets that, you know, killing will pay you money, uh, you know, less than fighting a real opponent, but pay. And in the meantime, I think just increase the flat rate payout for winning a turret drop. You know, reward people because I think turret dropping. It's at times it's necessary, uh, and it takes you know dull dedication to do it. I think that should be rewarded. Uh, but the idea of turret drop capping, like maybe you can't go higher than sixty percent uh, percentage on a planet, because yes, it's frustrating when you sign on 
and somebody has ghost dropped your planet up to 100% uh, overnight. Doesn't happen as much now with the three cycle, but it's frustrating because now you know you have to spend an hour and a half counter dropping it, and the enemy doesn't even have to show up. They just waste your time. So yeah, cap it out at 60 or lower, higher percentage. Let you let you ghost cap a planet if if the enemy side lets you, but don't make it so easy. There have been some thoughts out there, um, some people obviously saying, you know, there shouldn't be any turret drops at all. If you are if you make it that far and nobody has uh, shown up to oppose you, then just automatically get your payouts or whatever and move on. Uh, and some people saying, make it more challenging so it's not just an auto win, put a bunch of AI in there or whatever. Um, I, I think it's moving in the right direction. We want we all want, Can I for ask the most a question? part. Mm-hmm. What does it add to the game? Like, is there any depth to it? Cause... Well, well, I think like Shimmy said, it's kind of a necessary evil right now because there's no way kind of around it, but that's kind of what these suggestions might be. I don't know. Because if you didn't have anything that would just be sitting there, the planet would, you know, do you reduce it down to like one fourth a win? I mean, do you obviously right now there's no AI and AI is not happening within the next whatever time frame, probably six plus months. You know, I'm just tossing it out there because I don't right. know. Is there any... It just seems to me, like you said, it's a dull thing. To me, that's like, why? Like, just, is there another way around it? Well, sometimes you can't get the, the, you know, the enemies to respond. Most of the time, the turret drops I've seen, we're dropping on a planet that nobody's defending, and we're trying to get them to come and defend. And if they don't, then you spend X amount of time doing turret drops, and yeah, they're freaking boring. You can wait, you know, 20 minutes, you get in there, you run the turrets, you do the, you know, and it's hard to get, but I mean, again, that's where having a unit and a bunch of friends and you're all sitting there talking on uh, comms is a good thing. But I, I think it's a necessary evil and that we need, it needs to continue to be examined and looked at and made better, uh, whether or not that's removing them all together or increasing the difficulty. Well, people, people are saying that they would, them, they would write a script. I mean, I'm seeing this in chat that people are saying if it's an automatic win, people would exploit it. it it's, sort of exploded right now but it's just a waste of time i mean that that's why i'm asking i mean I, i'm not for or against them but well actually i'm sort of against them but like yeah what is caps the, what is i think the caps point? on Does the it... yeah getting it up to 100 percent on turret drops not a big fan of that but anyway i think we've uh discussed that discussed that issue enough uh we can definitely come back to it as more changes uh come to turret drops in the future um let's move on to maps now first of all we have the uh, new canyon network theme map coming in february early february i think is what they said uh i'll get that confirmed but anyway um and then i'll obviously um ai comes into uh effect here as well a little bit maybe um so your guys thoughts on the the maps that we currently have for community warfare we, of course we have boreal vault and sulfurous rift um any ideas or suggestions, thoughts, things you like, things things you don't like? You can talk about dropships, turrets, generators, um, whatever you want in regards to the maps. Erodian. Before I start, mm-hmm. I think Erodian would love a um, a swamp map with things to hinder him everywhere. I think that's what Erodian I am going, no, no, no. I, then I get nukes to make More it all flat. and sticks. Yes. No, uh, no. What I'm about to box. say will totally show that we are not on a script. <laughs> And we are not saying, oh, PGI, you are so good. I think they flubbed CW in the drop with only two maps. 
It's it, it, at first everybody's like, "Great, CW's here! Yay! These maps are awesome!" And they were. They're not. There's nothing wrong with the maps per se. I'm I'm quite pleased with them, except I think one of the maps is too hot. But whatever. You needed more maps when you when you when you drop this sucker on us because it's shown in the weeks ahead that it's just it has just killed it. We need more maps, and we should have dropped it at least five, in my personal opinion, five different maps, and. And they've they've changed it since the very beginning in that now we have to destroy the generators to get to the gun itself, which has subsided the rush, which is great. That was a good thing. And uh, I think they should go further with adding things to the map because we we're still you can still be rushed by a competent team. And having something like a secondary objective or something else that you have to do, make the maps bigger. Make these things twice as big. Well, that might not work with FPS, but but the idea make them twice as big, and have these cool things like okay, on the right of uh, Boreal, you gotta destroy the mech bays, and suddenly instead of waiting thirty seconds for your next drop, you gotta wait thirty five. Or there's a tur- power generator that's powering all the turrets an extra twenty five percent damage. Blow that up. They're now down to 75% damage. Things that can ebb and change the flow for the attackers while also giving cool benefits for the defenders I think could really uh, spice things up and breathe a little more life into this. All right, so Erodian says more maps, bigger maps, and more things and stuff. Brandon, your thoughts? Uh, first, I want to say Boreal, probably the best community warfare map out of the two that we have right now. Um, the flow and stuff like that is really good. Um, my particular issue is with Sulphurous Rift for a defender is definitely way too hard, uh, especially when you compare it to something like with Boreal. So as with Sulphurous, once you get past the uh, the doors, then that that's it. That's game over because you're right on the generator. Whereas with Boreal, once you get past the gates... There's another small section where you have to clump back up again. There's like a small killing field area. It, it, it opens up a little bit wider again, but there's at least an area that you have to tra- travel through in order to get to the generators and that sort of thing. So there's a small little killing field. I think Sulphurs, if you pushed back the generators and stuff like that uh, into the cliffside behind it a little bit more to open up, so you have the three paths and then it converges into one area and then straight a little bit then the generators and stuff like that i think sulfurs would be a lot better um i understand i can see what they're kind of doing with sulfurs rift but that's that's my biggest gripe sulfurs rift isn't fun to drop on as a defender all right alexander um i mean we can we could say what changes we'd like to make to the current maps, and they may or may not get put in place. But I think in the future, what I'd like to see out of Canyon and you know any other maps is a bit more variety in playstyle. Right now, both Boreal and Sulphurus uh, cater to having pretty long sight lines. It does it does you no benefit to bring you know close range weapons, SRMs, and and you know AC20s and things of that nature versus I mean you know, your PVCs and ER larges and things like that work at, at all range. And right now, I think that's one of the bigger problems with the two maps we have is, you know, it's, it's come down to there's, you know, eight viable mechs and six viable builds. And the, the big thing is, I think if we started changing around the way a couple of those maps 
you know, work, especially the future ones, and give a bit more variety to play style where, you know, now you're getting some medium range engagements, now you're getting, you know, some definite close range engagements. Um, I think that'll kind of help, you know, if you deviate the play style that's, that's currently cropped up and is, is, you know, it's you either bring that or you lose. You know, I think another big elephant in the room is the horrible performance you get in Community Warfare. Um, I think we do have to discuss that because it is based on the maps. Um, if you look at Boral Vault and you're facing, when you first drop out of the dropship um, and you're attacker and you're facing the mountains, FPS is normal. Turn around and watch your FPS just drop. And I, I have a very nice computer, luckily, and it still starts to tank. And I, I can't stress how the performance of maps, and we see this all over just the, the art uh, side of things, performance. It's not scripting. I know that. Um, I, I think it's the gun when you, like, I don't know what it is. As soon as that gun comes into view, it just freaking tanks. And uh, I don't understand it because I know what, um, you know, this is one of this is one of those things, uh, Darren, that uh, side straight with agree. He's like, I've seen what other people can do with CryEngine uh, 3 and uh, uh, a cooling and stuff like that, which is basically if it's so far out, you know, um, you know, it, it uses a lower LOD and stuff like this bubble, but the performance is just absolutely horrible in community warfare and not everybody has a nice computer. So if they're first off, if you drop and you're below 30 FPS, I wouldn't play. And I know there's people that suffer through that. Um, so that just has to be addressed. And I don't know what, if it's the dead max or too, I don't, it just needs to be fixed. And that sort of goes back to the whole game in general, though, is that's one of the things I hope in 2015, which is a art pass and performance pass that just has to be addressed. Because if that's not addressed, you're just going to continue to shut people off from being able to play it. Yeah, I'm watching chat. You know, obviously, PGI is the one that has to figure these out. I totally agree. I mean, I run in low settings uh, when I'm playing, um, you know, and I have a decent computer. Um, but everybody, what I was saying about chat is everybody thinks it's something else. Uh, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's that, uh, hopefully PGI can figure it out. Um, now in regards to, and, and I totally agree, actually that was a discussion topic further down, but you're right. If it, if you think it's map related, then appropriate to talk about it here. Um, any other thoughts on maps? Um, one thing Erodian, hopefully that we're going to see is quicker, um, map generation now, because as Russ mentioned in the town hall, Basically, they're going to be using all the assets and resources of current maps. For example, they're doing the Canyon Network themed and then so forth and so on with other themed maps from current maps that we already have in the regular queue. Um, so hopefully they'll come quicker. That's not necessarily a good idea or good news for people who keep, you know, I want this or that type of map that isn't represented yet in the normal queue. But hopefully we'll get around to, you know, making new assets and new maps quickly as, as well. But I do think that we need more maps uh, quickly in community warfare but let's move on unless anybody has anything to say wrapping well, up maps i will say yeah. the, the canyon network theme map just in theory without actually seeing how it looks could be a very unique map because basically that's one of the issues with like boreal vault boreal vault plays to long-range engagements because of the sight lines huge sight lines right um and then the reverse is true on sulfur's uh, yeah. rift once you get into the gates, it's a little bit different, but on the gates pushing up, you take out the turrets, gate open, you'll sometimes see long range engagements take place. But once you get in, you're right on top of the generator, uh, a Canyon network theme map. Uh, I would stress to, you know, that the, 
uh, mappers designing it is you need to make sure that it's there's enough buffer between the gates and where the you know generators and stuff are and but you don't make it too far out to where it's just extremely you know powerful for the defenders or you know vice versa extremely powerful for the attackers i think that's really important and the placement of of the generators as well Agreed. So let's move on to the next discussion topic, which is going to be tactics and strategies. Uh, we didn't get to this last week, so yay, we get to get to some new topics now. Um, so if you have any comments on things like the light rush or the stalling tactic uh, when you're going up against comp teams or uh, clans, um, long range versus uh, brawling, um, there's been some people that complain about the <laughs> the play-to-win meta tryhards uh, versus the play-to-have-fun anti-meta people. Any of those topics... Uh, do any of you have any thoughts on tactics and strategies? If not, that will be fine. We can move on. Uh, Shimmy, you have something to say? I mean, we got to talk about this, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Aces, we've been having a blast in CW because for the first time, the the outcome of the match, you know, I mean, regular matches have some you'd call random chance when people make a mistake, but largely it's the team that goes in with the best maneuvering and gunnery skill uh, and plays aggressively wins. Uh, now in CW, you can bring in mind games and we'll just call them underhanded tactics, and there's many more options to win your match. Um, Aces, we immediately set out to find the best ways to run you know, waves, uh, whether it's light waves or ranged or brawlers. Uh, we realize, you know, if you really focus and refine each wave for a specific purpose, you get a lot more out of it than what we see a lot of teams do, where they just kind of bring a mixture of mechs and roll in and shoot things and kind of push forward. Um, it's been fun. Um, you know, anybody who's played against us knows we do run the light zerg. We blow, can usually blow all the generators up in one wave, and then, uh, depending on our opponent, you know, if we want to save time, we can quickly mop up the last gen, or we can stick around and fight. Uh, is definitely, you know, people got bored of just light rushing and turret drops. You know, no pay long wait times, short, you know, short matches. So now we fight a bit more, but likewise we refine the fighting waves to get the most kills as well. So, and then, you know, of course, the match starts with the opponent complaining we're about to zerg them, and then by the second wave they complain that we're farming them. It's, uh, it's hard to win when you, you know, against the uh, mood of the enemy when you set out, you know, to win your match. That's what we do. We set out to win uh, no matter what. Uh, so we we like it. Um, we know we upset people, though. Do you have a problem with farming? What's your opinion on that? Me? Uh, I think it's, it's weird because farming, I mean, there's deliberate farming where you, I mean, uh, uh, most say when the defenders move out to the attackers spawn and they, like that, I'd really call farming. Um, when you're attacking and you move, you, you know, manage to push all the way into their base, kill all the turrets, uh, and you know, to get to their generator, you kind of have to be right where they spawn. Um, I don't know. It's I leave that up to the in individual to decide if it's bad or not. But ultimately, if 
we're either rushing down your generator and it sucks for everybody or we're fighting you and the odds are we might outgun you and that kind of results in you know a high kill ratio that you could call farming um so no i don't have a problem with farming i think that's just the result of one team being better than the other erodian are you a hunter or are you a farmer what are your thoughts on tactics and strategies what if i hunt farmers there you go. You can steal, oh, their, steal their goods. <laughs> are they tasty? No, they're kind of stringy. So what are your thoughts? Um, let's see here. Light Rush. Light Rush isn't, isn't a much of a problem I see anymore. It used to be, but with the addition of generators, that has kind of fixed the problem, I think. We could probably use a few more turrets, I think. Uh, I, I don't think that adding more would really hurt the attacker's chances all much at all. I mean, turrets usually don't last long, so adding a few more would be great. Uh, stalling. I've, I've done stalling, and I have had stalling done to me. And it's, it's just something you're just going to have to get used to, because unless they do something like ridiculous, where if you're the attackers and you haven't even brought down the gates and you have five minutes left, y'all die. Uh, well, it's just going to happen. It's a fact of life, like taxes. Um, long range, yeah, long range is is going to be doing the same thing as as stalling. We need to we either need to add more cover, but in doing that, you're just going to give it give possibly give either side too much of an advantage. So maybe maybe you shouldn't have to. I mean, it, it's a tough call on on long range because both fact or both sides, Interspear and Clan, have abilities and weaponry that they can use to their advantage on the long range. Intersphere has the PPC Thunderbolt. We have large lasers and fast mediums that can pack those large lasers. So it's just a, it's just a matter of quid pro quo as far as long range and play to win meta tryhards versus play to have fun anti-meta. Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, I mean if you're well, into community warfare, shouldn't you be trying to win? Right, but I think the topic is on um, this fact that you got some inner sphere people who will bring nothing but the say PPC thunderbolts for their first wave because they want the range, and then the clanners will bring nothing but helbies and crows. I'd like to have a mixture of both. I mean, there's I think there's a time and place for for the meta tryhard. Got to get it done. And with if we can add value to planets, that's where that will come in. And you'll know you want to bring your best for that. But if you're just playing on a backwater world or something that doesn't have much value, you should you should just bring uh, what you want to play for fun. And obviously, fun is always will be uh, depending on the person or peoples. Some people have fun bringing the medic tryhard stuff. Some people don't. And to each their own. There's nothing wrong with that. And a lot of people get miffed at that. And I don't think they really understand that we're all just here to have fun. It's just how we uh, get that is the the maze. Okay, so question for you, Clanners. Is, uh, I'll get off my soapbox. No, the, the, top, the topic of balance. You said long-range combat, 9S. You guys can bring ER larges. What is your guys' tactics? Do you see the 9S as an issue? Do you see the long-range engagement played more towards IS or Clan? Because I have my opinion, but I want to hear 
from from the word of the babe, the the clanners. Uh, so a rhodium. Uh, I can go with uh, just a few games that me and Alex were doing. I think this afternoon we had some random people at that. This wasn't even a, a full twelve man or a big group. They had brought literally nothing but Thunderbolt Pinesses for the first round, and we could not attack the generators. We were on attack on Boreal, and they were just sitting on the hill and doing suppressive fire, and I'm telling you, suppressive fire, these PPCs would not stop. And, I, yeah, there's, there's, there's a problem with that. Some people say, well, the Inner Sphere has to have something good to counter the clans, and I totally agree. We can't have... Uh, the clans be super overpowered like they are in tabletop, that, that's wrong. But at the same level, Inner Sphere can bring a mech that can fire all three PPCs, alphaing at least twice, sometimes three, depending on the map, for 30 points of damage pinpoint, where the clanners can only bring mechs with maybe two PPCs, three, if you really want to get iffy on that heat scale. So I really think that the clanners need to get to have that ability to also bring a long-range pinpoint PPC or something, because right now we only have large lasers. And unless you get the drop on them or they don't notice you, you're not going to kill somebody with that, because you have to watch that person until that beam's done, while the Thunderbolts can kind of peek over that hill just like the Stalkers do, fire those two peeps, and do at least 20 points of damage. So there needs to be some balancing work done, yeah. All right, what about you, Alex? I mean, this is... I think we're almost starting to segue into the, the drop decks and the next discussion topic, if that's where you guys were, were headed next. Yep. But um, it, it, there's clearly, as the skill level of the people in your CW drop goes up, the number of mechs and types of mechs they're bringing clearly goes down. Um, my deck hasn't changed since week two, uh, and it's been Timberwolf, Stormcrows, the occasional Mad Dog, and whatever light I feel is like the most least useless out of what I have in my arsenal at the moment. But, it, I, and the same thing goes with the IS side. I mean, it, you know, the as you go up the ladder and more people are starting to pay attention to things like, you know, Metamex and, you know, Tier 1 platforms versus 2 and 3, you're seeing, you know, your whole first wave of the enemy team is, you know, 10 Thunderbolt 9Ss and 2 Stalkers that sit back a little bit further. And it, it's it, it's one of those things where... The 240 drop tonnage limit is is a big part of determining that because right now you're you're more of a detriment to your team if you bring those big assaults and things like that. Something that could counter those early, um, you know, th those heavy chassis that are just boating. And, and but if you bring that assault to try and counter that, and you lose that assault to those heavies, now you're in a major hole for the rest of the match in terms of tonnage you've given up to start the fight with. And I just, you know, I think a lot of that's tied to the 240 tonnage limit. And I know they've said that that's going to be kind of changing, maybe somehow tied to certain planets and certain maps. But right now there are only so many chassis that are, you know, tier one usable chassis against other teams trying to do that meta build right now. Yeah, and in closing, no, regarding... or the reverse side, I want to get shimmy. Yeah, <laughs> I think Derek has like a delay. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Okay, shimmy and Baronet. I want to hear you guys' opinions because, of course, do you have a rebuttal to that? Do you have your own opinions? Nine S clan laser vomit. You know, uh, shimmy. Um. Yeah, I think the nine S. I'll, I'll concede it's 
at least as far as I, you know, I think the tier list was aimed at balancing ISMX to ISMX to 9S, head and shoulders above other things. Does it need a big nerf? No. I mean, I just think 50% heat reduction is kind of ridiculous. Uh, you know, bring it down to 40, you know, see from there, it's still bad, bring it down to 30. Um, I, I don't run PPCs on my 9S. I, I run for ER large just for that flat rate 25% reduction to worry about, about travel time on my mech. Um, but I think it's meta and drop deck weight limits combined. The Thunderbolt, it's it's a small heavy mech delivering assault mech firepower because of its quirks. And it, you know, that's why it's, you know, you bring an assault mech, you're you're risking a lot of your drop deck tonnage to, to do that. Um, I think aces, when we go into a match, when we bring a long range wave, I'd say 50 to 75% of our deck is Thunderbolts, uh, different loadouts, then yeah, some Stalkers, Jaegers, uh, Shadowhawk 2Ks, we, we mix it up, we don't force our players, but uh, like they're talking about, as skill goes up, drop deck variety goes down, as players just accept if they want to maximize the potential, they bring the best. Um, is it a huge problem? Uh, you know, just balance the mechs that need balancing, but meta, you know, meta will always be there. The moment you nerf the 9S below being the best mech, the next best mech will now be, you know, 75% of a wave at a time. So, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, I think that's just sort of the case. No matter what happens, something else will just pop up and, uh, be replaced because i mean we're talking about min maxing here brandon i mean yeah. do you feel the same way yeah pretty much once once you actually change the meta i mean there's always going to be the flavor of the mech month so once once the 9s gets the nerf stick because i mean it's inevitable uh the next the next thing is just going to come take its place and everyone's going to run that it's it's always going to be changing but it's always going to be one thing's always going to be consistent the best mech for getting the job done is always going to be prevalent and I don't think there's anything that's going to be able to change that. All right. So I was getting delays. Am I still being, am I delayed still? I think you're good. Maybe. Maybe. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we, we will move on to talking more about drop ships, drop decks. I'm sorry. Um, moving out of tactics and strategies, but I do want to say, you know, I, I think it's a little bit funny that, uh, you know, people are complaining about the tryhards and the meta. That's just going to happen. And it's only going to get worse as, as we get things like, um, you know, planetary ownership rewards and, you know, basically more meaning behind community warfare. People are only going to be trying to win even more. And as far as, you know, light rushes installing and long range and all the different things that are happening, people are always going to find the easiest way to win or the, or the most successful way, the tactics. And so that's kind of more of a gameplay issue, I think. And, and as more development comes along, uh, to the to community warfare, I think that'll help as well as uh, Phil didn't bring it up. Quirks, uh, there's still a lot more in store as far as quirks go that could make mechs that aren't standing out now much better. But of course, like Phil also said, if you take one mech away, something else is just going to pop up and fill it. Well, I think where that also comes from is just a lack of diverse diversity in heavies for um, IS. Yeah, I mean, I think we yes. touched on this last week, which is. Orions can't do and okay, so the flavor of the month, uh, at least for community warfare, is just basically energy weapons, right? You don't have to worry about ammo. I know there there are, there are some 
changes. Some people will take streaks and stuff, but I guess the, the majority of it is laser vomit for clans, PPC lasers for IS or whatever. Well, when you look at the heavies, Orions can't do that effectively at all. Low slung arms, energy in the arms, right? Catapults, Jester, but that's under a paywall. A lot of people, you know, okay, so you scratch that. Then you what? Jaegers? Yeah, not going to happen. Uh, you move on to uh, Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts, perfect you know, energy pretty much all around. You've got the quick draw. Quick draw is actually good, um, good mech, but it hasn't got received pass two. I will say the quick draw for pass two had some, some major overhauls on it that will favor, um, you know, better play from them. Um, I mean, just all the heavies, you, you go down the list. I think the grasshopper is going to play a big role. It'll offer another energy heavy, um, uh, for IS that's jump capable as well. Um, but unless that changes also, it just sort of minimizes what the IS can bring. You look at the IS, or I mean, you look at the clans, laser vomit Timby, laser vomit Hellbringer. Um, you know, you, you've got at least six mechs there because of the different variants, even though you pretty much do the same thing on all of them, uh, right? I mean, that you just don't have that uh, available for the, the IS. So it has to basically capitalize on the one mech that does that really well, whether it's a Thunderbolt or an awesome or whatever. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, that will help. I think the answer is super simple and shimmy will know what I'm talking about. The answer is the Warhammer, the rifleman, the Marauder is that right? and yeah, the Archer. Yes. In. Here, here. Just bring the and Marauder everything is solve it all. Just, yes. just bring it in. Hey, let's, uh, let's go ahead and skip the drop decks topic. We did touch on a little bit. There's really no new info. I'd like to, and we already talked about the, you know, storm crows and thunderbolts and stuff let's move on to game modes because we didn't get into this last time um there is some new stuff coming which is counterattack changes so the next discussion topic is game modes uh we, we currently have attack and defend and like i just said there'll be some changes to counterattack soon which will make it more uh skirmish assault and that will be coming in february who's uh somebody's keying out there anyway uh anybody have any uh anything they want to bring up on on the topic of game modes brandon uh yeah i was always thinking that sort of a progressive capture the hill type thing might be interesting uh whereas you got one nav point that you have to go to and you got to stay there for a certain period of time and then once you get it you kind of capture the point it locks down and then a new one pops up type of thing so kind of like a rolling battle all across the map or something like that Mm mm-hmm Definitely. Anybody think, else have? Yeah. Well, I think what this is, different game modes sort of play towards different maps as well. So stuff like incentivizing Lance play, I don't know how. Uh, or whether that's like you have a capture point or a whatever point, whether it's an ammunition or mobile field base or something that's way off there that only light mechs could really go out and, and fight and, you know, uh, or fast mediums, stuff like that. Um, you know, whether it's something like Rush. I think Rush is basically what I'd love to see in, in a game mode. Uh, if you've never played Rush, by the way, guys, Battlefield series, um, it's sort of what I ma- imagined uh, Community Warfare was going to be like, um, but it's basically where you fight once you push and destroy the enemies at said location or uh, an objective it opens up the next segment and the defenders start spawning back there stuff like that i just feel like more dynamic play i'd love to see um you know the the leopards um 
and aerospace fighters and stuff play a bigger role. And of course AI, but just game modes, you know, uh, King of the Hill or something. Union class dropship mode. Yeah. You know, um, you could always have, you know, we're always talking about, uh, you know, that count stalling and stuff. You could always implement stuff to where the, you know, attack or dropship start coming in to help support as it gets later in the battle or stuff. I don't know. Just definitely more engaging dynamic play. Uh, not just this, you know, attack the generators, shoot the gun, and yeah. there it is. I, I th- Rush gets brought up every single time this is taught, discussed, game modes in, in community warfare. I think Rush is something that the community really wants. I think that was kind of what was intended with, uh, you know, the gates, but obviously, you know, lights can, and, and well, mechs can just jump right over the gates, and you can basically get into the entire map wherever you want to go at any point in the game. Uh, as long as you don't have enemies stopping you. So I, I think Rush is a great idea. Hopefully that's something that's being looked at. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Rodian, you had something to say? Why not dropship assault? 12v12, yes. You Do you remember Mech Warrior 4? No, remember Mech 4 with yeah. the, with the uh, Overlord? Yes. You could, you could there you go. Shadow Cat, though. I mean, it was it was dumb. Ah, then we fix it, it Sean. We make it more relevant <laughs> to the time. Overlord would definitely be awesome, dude. Put I all mean, those Gauss that, rifles that on it. God, an Overlord is huge, by the way. Like, I don't think we've ever really seen the scale of that. Um, and well, you see Tyler, it's supposed to carry what thirty six? Uh, thirty thirty six max plus. Um, arrow plus tanks plus infantry plus a whole crew. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler had mentioned something, you know, like adding some kind of stage if the uh, the defenders want to move out and try and basically cap the attackers or whatever, throwing in a, a, a some dropship or something that they have to take out. I don't know. I think there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, you know, we have pretty basic maps to start. We have pretty basic game modes and a lot of room to grow. So I hope that we see something like Rush. I, I'm interested to see what the, the more skirmish assault uh, changes are to the counterattack mode. Um, but oh, this, yes. Why not uh, another one? I just popped into my head. We have these huh. factions like uh, <coughs> Rosslock <coughs> that is uh, being encompassed by a certain faction. And we'll never be able to attack that planet. Why not have a week or two weeks or maybe even a month long event for control of that planet? Because we all know in the lore, Rosslog gets taken over technically by Wolf, but it gets taken over nonetheless, and their capital moves on. Why not actually have that happen in our game? And also have... Yes, precisely. Or the Battle of Luthien. I mean... Jaguars are there now. I mean, the, the timeline is way before when it should be, but it's still, it's there. It gives you a reason to add more of those not-so-capital capital world planets we have, like Sarna and Capella. I mean, make use of the cool things we have on on the map. Let's, let's spice things up, because I love spices. I, I mean, uh, Free Worlds League took Solaris. Free Worlds League has never has only had Solaris once in the lore, and to have them capture it again is a very big thing. And I think it should be, you know, maybe celebrated or something. We we should we needs to be more cool stuff happen other than, well, it's been uh, day number thirty nine. Jaguar has taken X planet, and and nobody really cares anymore because there's only thirteen players that play. Because that's what it's going to end up being if we don't do something. Alexander, 
Oh, I was just going to add on that. I think um, that's more of, I think, a clan problem than it is as much of an interesphere problem. I mean, Merrick could push into Eastern Liao and take their capital pretty quickly. But as far as the clans go, so having some sort of event set up, even if you wanted to make it a entire... Uh, community-wide event where, you know, any Intersphere pilot can go and, you know, over a weekend event, go and just try and defend Rosselhog or try and defend Luthien, and then maybe all the clans can do the same thing as attacking it. And I think that would, it, it would add something that would be a unique event to CW and kind of help drive interest in it. Now, with Community Warfare, I want to I want to put something in. There's no incentive there's no dire strait of an invasion happening. And I think, you know, when we read this in the novels, it's it's because it's real, right? It's happening in the novels. Like, they're literally killing, you know, families, entire cities, populace, four million people just wiped off the face, you know, of a planet. So one of the issues I think that they need to overcome is in putting that type of influence in the, in the map. And I'm not saying just a sea bill incentivizing, you know, people to, to go up and fight or whatever. That, that could be a part of it. I guess what I'm trying to say is some type of mechanic that affects things, affects logistics somehow. You know, we don't have, uh, you know, prices for uh, weapons and, and, you know, stuff like that. And mechs aren't influenced. But could it be? You know, could that, you know, your success in community warfare actually shape how things maybe in just the game affected uh, maybe there's a microcosm of uh, prices in community warfare. So, for instance, you do have repair and rearm. You do have these things, and they're affected. Mechs are different prices in community warfare. And so when you lose one or what? I guess my point being is it could be – it's incentivizing the factions to work together for a common good. And that's what the Inner Sphere was at the time doing. It was, oh, shit, this is real. This is happening. This is – the clans are going for Terra. They are superior and all this fun stuff. Now, I say that there is only so much they can do if they leave it up to the players and what will the players do. But I don't think there's anything wrong in creating a system that incentivizes the cooperation between units because there's no reason to have Free Worlds League and Liao basically trying to take over Steiner and Davion uh, if those forces are being attacked by the clans and could basically go attack Free Worlds League instead. So there needs to be other incentives to for the units and factions to basically do those type of things if they want to sort of incentivize that, you know, this, this universe, basically the, the inner sphere is in a bad spot right now. All right. Um, I'm looking at the, looking ahead here at the next uh, discussion topic, which is uh, basically general community warfare issues. We've already talked about performance optimization. Yes, we know that definitely community warfare needs to be better optimized uh, so we can get better performance. Uh, we talked a little bit about the new player experience. Um, I guess if anybody has anything to say about that, uh, you're more than welcome. Uh, I still put that question out there. Should there be a new player experience for Community Warfare? Um, is, is it a new player experience? Um, and then I guess the only one that we haven't really touched on is, and this is totally just, you know, to talk about because there's no plans for anything otherwise, but should community warfare be 24 seven? Are there any downsides to that? Uh, if, if the population continues to grow, is that going to uh, affect it in a good or bad way? If the population, um, you know, shrinks, is that going to affect it in a good or bad way? Uh, any ideas out there? Uh, shimmy. Uh, as far as 24 um, hour, 
cycle uh you know combat yes i believe that should stay uh i think we're all wary of it when they you know initially said we're going to have a couple several hour windows and suddenly it's 24 hours and just a short ceasefire but uh, I think it's gone well, and it should stay that way, because, you know, if you really limit uh, these prime times down, what about the people that can't make it to any of those, that have a very specific time slot they can fit into, and suddenly they can't play at all? Uh, I'd rather have these longer cycles that maybe at times have population issues, but at least allow people to play. Uh, there seems to always be a fight somewhere for people to go. So, yeah, I think it's uh, good where it is. Cool. Erodian? Yeah, I, I kind of got a mirror shimmy on the fact that I like the 24-7. It's, it's really cool. Um, if, you, if we can add in some, some, some way to throw the lore in there and make this really feel like a Battletech game, that would, be, that would make it so much, so much even better than it already is. But... I mean, uh, to to you know, pull the time teleporter here and go all the way back to when we were talking about one planet a day to now three. Personally, I thought I think it's better when we stick to one planet a day because look where we are now, and that's after what five weeks or so, and SJ's all the way at Luthen, and it's only thirty fifty. And I think they're supposed to get there like 3052 or so. So we're really ahead of schedule. And sticking with three is just going to make it even more ahead of schedule. And that's not to say we have to stick with the lore. I think that PGI has made it very clear that the lore is always going to be kind of a sideline. But usually only to gameplay. So it would still be nice to slow things down a bit. But I'm not sure how they would... uh, Oh, they go about that. <laughs> we are the lore now. We are the story. Yeah, I mean, it's really not going to be sticking or adhering to, you know, the lore timeline necessarily. I think um, it would probably be loosely based. Um, but yeah, I totally mirror your your thoughts on, like, I was concerned, and this is something I talked to Russ about. Uh, like, for example, I played Planet Side. I played both Planet Side 1 and 2. Uh, Planet Side 1... We used to, the battles for a territory for a continent used to take days. I remember literally, you know, battles for continents taking days, two, three days. You'd, you'd wake up the next day, everybody's still fighting over the same continent. Uh, Planet Side Two for me, the, the the big change they brought into, you know, this the, the territory control was that everything moved too quickly. You get a base, you lose a base, you get a base, you lose a base. It's just happening over and over again. What I saw was that that decreased the value of acquiring said base or territory or whatever i want it to see i want it to be really difficult to get a territory and i want the payoff to be high so um i agree that i feel that maybe three times a day changing is a bit much you know obviously with the science we'll see um i like shimmy's idea of having three ceasefires but calculating everything once per day i just want when you get a planet, I want it to mean something. I want it to mean something in both the work that you put into it and the rewards that you get. Uh, let's see. Alex, you said you had a question. Yeah, actually, I just kind of wanted to touch on something Shimmy said with, you know, the, the when it was originally discussed in it being only a couple hour window a couple times a day, and now it's 24-7. Now we have three windows. 
I think another way to also kind of maybe improve the spirit experience for some people is maybe shift around those windows, like not consistently, but maybe once a week, maybe move the windows an hour later or an hour earlier. And that way, you know, it, it still would affect some people in a way of making them feel like they matter. Cause not everyone can stay up till 1am Eastern and not everyone can, you know, and same thing with the, you know, the Euro guys and the uh, Eurasian or the uh, uh, Oceanic guys. I mean, being able to move around that time slot a little bit might get more people involved that currently are and make them feel like, oh, hey, you know, during my prime time today is when that window closes, and I think that's a really cool thing. Right on. Well, uh, let's move on. This is awesome. We made it through, guys. Good job. Uh, Moving on to the final discussion topic, which is uh, player-run leagues and tournaments. And basically, this is I was hoping to get to this last week, but um, you know, is community warfare now the place for comp teams i i know that some people will say yes but a lot of people will say no um that comp teams aren't finding their satisfaction necessarily in community warfare as it stands today um would something like solaris be more attractive to comp teams and will player run leagues and tournaments pull comp teams out of community warfare uh you guys have thoughts let's see uh All right, so is CW the place for comp teams? Um, I'm going to have to say, personal opinion, as far as my comp team is concerned, I like it. I think everybody in my comp team likes it. I'm, I don't want to speak for all of them, but I, like, I feel like we do like it. Now, each comp team is going to have their own feelings on this, and we shouldn't necessarily be, have the four of us here make the definitive answer. I mean, that wouldn't be fair at all. And not expecting us to. So some of them are just going to like it as, it as it used to be, where it was 12v12, you only get one mech. It's all about your skill level as far as piloting that mech and destroying the enemy. Some, some of the comp players will love that, and they just don't like having four mechs and fighting over nonsense planets. Some people find that doing... CW at a, this is our job, this is what we're going to focus on, we're going to make it so we are the best at CW, that'll be us, and yeah, I think there's a place for certain comp teams in CW, and it's really cool. All right, uh, Brandon, catch call. I think as far as community warfare goes, that comp teams are pretty much I'd say more or less in control of community warfare. That being said, uh, it's my opinion that I don't think all comp teams are enjoying community warfare. I think a lot of comp teams are still doing third-party tournaments and stuff like that just because of the different rule sets and the different rules and the different types of games, that sort of thing that you can kind of enforce with that sort of thing. So yeah, I, I think community warfare is very much for the hardcore community slash the 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 big groups and stuff like that. But I don't think third-party tournaments or anything like that is going to go away anytime soon because they do offer something alternative and different that some people might like and some people might not. A different experience, I agree. Shimmy? Yeah, I mean, uh, my experience with Aces is we love it. Um, uh, We got players in Aces that want to be competitive, but when we go, you know, all the way into the competitive tournament scene, it's a lot of work. It stresses people out. It gets a bit much. Um, I was kind of on the edge about it, whether I couldn't tell if I liked competition or not. But CW, it's kind of 
uh, pseudo-competitive, where now at least, okay, we, we're fighting this faction. We're in a competition with them. And you kind of play the same teams uh, semi-regularly, but it's not all the time. And, you know, there's, you know, the game mode variety, uh, which hopefully will grow. Uh, I think, you know, previously Aces would do well to have 10 guys on playing with each other each day. Now it's a company or two companies every day. Um, and once we got over the humps of how to please our players in CW, you know, get them over the queue times, get them over the turret drops, uh, people love it. Um, I think uh, Aces, we kind of call ourselves like the, uh, we don't like to say we're comp. We're like the right on the edge of comp. I don't know. Um, so I think it's a good middle ground. Guys that want to be competitive in a way that don't want to go all the way hardcore, CW is a great place to be. Uh, in some other circles, I think that would be considered pro-am, pro-amateur. Um, Alexander, your thoughts? Um, I mean, this is one of those things where some people love CW and some people hate CW. And I was actually talking to Antonius Rex just last night about this exact issue of, you know, some of his guys, uh, you know, over at MS are, are loving it. And, you know, the ability to, you know, have these constant, you know, comp kind of quality matches if you're running up against other 12 mans and some guys, you know, it's, it's not entirely for them. So, I mean, it's always going to be personal opinions in there, but I, I know one thing is, uh, you know, as the interest in CW, because we know it's going to get better. So as the interest in CW picks up and then we get more game modes and more quality, I think that, uh, you know, I think those comp teams will continue to play CW more and more. And, you know, some of those, you know, player run leagues and things, I know I'm skipping ahead a couple questions, but I think those might kind of start to go away a little bit because there will be a constant place for them and it won't be, you know, a single kind of season. It will be a persistent universe that, uh, you know, doesn't exactly happen anywhere else. I think one of the things with some of the top, uh, comp teams, and I've talked to SJR and I've heard a few Lords and a few of the others, um, the majority of the matches aren't competitive, though. And, and then on top of that, they'll play, and they don't have as big of a footprint in the result of the end of the planet. And that's, you know, that's frustrating. I know um, I was talking to Jaeger about it, and SJR wasn't built for CW. It was built for comp play, 12-man. And so, you know, units that can field multiple 12 mans at a time. You guys are seeing big success. You can pull the weight of a planet and stuff like that. And again, I'm not speaking for these units. It's just one things I've heard. Um, so I think the more, the more community war, community warfare evolves and potential matches where it's more competitive. And I will say this, even though, um, you know, they may not be getting a competitive match every single time. Some of these units that have formed for community warfare starting off are going to be learning and catching up, you know, as far as skill level and stuff like that. So I think it's a good playground for units to, to ease their way in. But uh, I do know for a fact that some of these units aren't really enjoying the basically fact that they're just raffle stopping. Now they're making a lot of money, right? But it's, it's an easy win for them. And so I think, uh, um, I think, you know, it's a good thing for the comp scene because it brings more actual units at that level. Um, but no, I, I think comp teams in general, um, they're still attracted to the other leagues just because of that. It pits them against other equally skilled teams and with different rule sets. 
Now, Phil and I and NGNG are very much supporters of player-run leagues and tournaments. Um, they're an important part of the community, and, and definitely I think there's uh, a, a huge need for them currently, and and maybe for the entire life of the game. Um, but part of my original question is, uh, or was, would Solaris be a place, a good place for comp teams? And I think, uh, Erodian, you have some thoughts? Yeah, um... I took a few minutes to think about the uh, is CW the place for comp teams, and the, so those comp teams that don't like CW that want to stick with the normal twelve v twelve, Solaris is going to be their avenue for success. Uh, take that planet out of CW, make it a neutral ground, and have something either in the game or on the website something that can show that. CW game or not CW uh, Solaris games and make them have value and maybe have uh, Team SJR is fighting against Team Lords seven v seven and they'll have these cool new Solaris only maps and maybe have crazy rules or whatever and it could be just like they had with the first uh, first time tournament have it streamed and and put it up on the website. Uh, SGR beats Team Lord 7v7 and map something another or somebody wins against somebody else and the, and the prizes and everything and make it look cool and if you can do those three things I think you'll have great success in a Solaris environment and the uh, the comp players will probably flock to that Catra, do you agree? I agree and disagree at the same time I think Solaris is something I'm really looking forward to but it might not be for some of the bigger comp units I could see for myself particularly, uh, Solaris would be more for if I want to c- do a competitive deathmatch, just me versus 12 others, everyone just throwing punches in every direction. Um, or I could see it for a competitive four-man, a lance-on-lance type setting, or a lance-on-lance-on-lance, like have three four-mans or something like that. I think it would be better for the smaller units or smaller lances that want to be competitive, but don't have enough to form a full competitive twelve. Well, I'm going to actually disagree. I think comp players would love it because it's a competition. It's a set of rules, and it's proving who's the best. One-on-ones aren't the only, and free-for-alls aren't the only in Solaris. They they have a wide variety of of stuff, and why not make up your own? I think 4v4s, 8v8s, I think uh, 2v4s. 3v5 stuff like that where you you have you know two heavies versus you know x amount there's a whole wide variety of of um you know standings if you can you know basically have i think it would be amazing but on this note i think what's really important for comp comp teens is stats they want to to show that they're the top and regardless this is just team stats in general i think uh the entire community has wanted stats like that in game. Now that we actually have units, bring out the stats. And actually, I, I do think there's stuff like this coming down the road. Have a leaderboard. Have an active leaderboard for community warfare. Have it for Solaris. People want to know who's top dog. And then prove it. Well, I'm on the list. You know, stuff like that. I think it would be phenomenal. And I think cotton teams would jump all over it. It's just it's not there. So there's no incentive for keeping that stuff internal. All right, guys. Well, that is it on the discussion topics. Um, we are going to do some closing shout outs. But before we get to that, is there anything that uh, any four of you, any of you four want to say uh, that wasn't brought up? So if there is, go ahead and X up and we will 
touch on whatever is brought up, which is nothing. So we did it. We got up. Oh. You mess with me, buddy. <laughs> you just waited until I said, all right, there's nothing. Rodian, what do you have to say? Um, I like CW and I like uh, starting in 3050, but eventually everything is going to get stale no matter what we do. Intersphere Max will always have those medium lasers and we need a way to make it fresh. If they could drop in a timeline advancement, not now, not like, you know, a few months from now, a long time down the road, give us some time to do this map, but have it drop where the inner sphere will get new new tech and thus new mechs because of that new tech. And then you open up even more avenues for, for uh, very big events that happen in the timeline, like the Battle of Tukiyid or maybe the Fedcom Civil War. Just really cool stuff that we can finally put into into being because we have this game. We have we have the technology. We can make it bigger, better, stronger, faster. We just right, need the man. will to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um I think Russ pretty much confirmed that we're not gonna be you know adhering to the timeline strictly or anything like that. There there will be advancements. He didn't specify on when and how far or anything like that, but um, yeah, I, I agree. There's no way you could do it in real time or anything like that. Uh, we'd never see some of our favorite mechs and new weapons coming in. But anyway, we want to, uh, we did it. Like I said, again, uh, that's good. So maybe next week we can refine this even more, but we made it through all the discussion topics. Thank you everybody for showing up. Totally appreciate it. Of course, this is, uh, kind of in the making We're we're, we're, um, going to be doing these every week, at least for now, and and we'll refine it as much as possible. Uh, of course, every week is going to be dependent on the guests that we have, as far as you know the the quality of the content. Uh, we had a roadie in this time, so we apologize for that. But uh, real quick, we're going to do um, some shout outs, and we'll start at the top again. <laughs> I know I had to mess with you for messing with me. Um, Shimmy, you want to give uh, any shout outs? Well, I don't have friends, so I'll just say shout out to Aces. My own unit, yeah. I'm we're, your friend, we're Shimmy. Recruiting, guys. We're recruiting. <laughs> I'll right. be your friend. Catra, you got any shout-outs? Uh, yeah, to uh, Aces, because uh, you guys are awesome. And finally, because Shimmering Sword doesn't have friends, we have a shout-out to Shimmering Sword, because he draws awesome art and also awesome Aces art. Here, here. Alexander. Uh, I, I'm just going to stick with it. Uh, CGBI guys, uh, you know, thanks for listening and being out there and, uh, you know, keep on doing what you're doing and, uh, taking planets. Excellent. And Lenny, you know, I was joking. I love you. Any shout outs? Shout out to all the believers of the one true Blake. The time will come when we take over the inner sphere. I mean, uh, relieve the inner sphere of their tyrants and, I don't remember where I was going with that. So, hey, <laughs> all right. peace of Blake be with you all. I was going to say, aren't you a warden? Uh, you know, no, you are ghost. No, he, no, no, he's no, a no, lot no. of different things. He's stuck <laughs> into our unit somehow. I don't know. I'm very there. confused. It's totally conflicted. Anyways, guys, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone out there, our listeners, new and old. And, of course, you guys. Thank you again for being on here. Catrakella, Rodian, Shimmering Sword, Alexander Wolf, 
uh, Aces and uh, Ghost Bear International. Thank you again, guys, for having a uh, in de- in-depth discussion. And of course, uh, you know, to all of you guys out there, unit leaders. By the way, if you are a unit leader and you're not on my list, and if you have no idea if you haven't been getting my emails, then you're not on my list. You need to just toss me an email at seanlang at nogutsnogalks.net. I will get your contact info, put you on the mega doc I have, and email mailing list, and, uh, and maybe you'll be on the show very, very soon speaking to us about community warfare, your thoughts, opinions, and all that fun stuff. Anyways, thank you again, guys, uh, for being here, all of our uh, new listeners. Hey, if you are at the channel and you are new, make sure to hit that follow button. And, of course, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, we have this will be up on SoundCloud and on YouTube as well. So uh, you can listen to it on there uh, afterwards. And I'll uh, go ahead and start the export process right after this. And, again, thank, thank you guys for being here. This has been your local No Guts, No Galaxy Community Warfare Roundtable discussion uh like say thank you again guys and have a great night and we'll see you next time it'd be best if you avoid me but i know you probably can't you sense something is wrong with me you can feel it on my skin but there is more with it Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot